With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, fired up. McLovin, yet to issue an apology to Gonzaga fans. I apologize for nothing. You let UCLA, who has no shooters, shoot 58% from the field. I'd like to see a little defense, Dan. This probably isn't playing well on our Gonzaga (laughs) affiliate. The radio station that carries Gonzaga basketball. Well, I do have a completely meaningless Gonzaga poll up on the website that I put out without your permission. Okay, what is it? Who is the best player on Gonzaga? And it sounds like a silly question, but it's really hard to answer because there are four really good players. Um, I I was surprised at what Wally Zerbiak, who joined us last hour, said about uh, Timmy. He said that he is the smartest player in college basketball and he's unstoppable in the paint. Now, that's pretty high praise from a guy who's an analyst who played in the NBA. But what Suggs does, Suggs gave you three moments in that game against UCLA. Blocked a dunk. On that play, saves the ball, comes back in, and a full-court bounce pass to Timmy for a layup. So he gave you that, that sequence right there. And then he hits the game-winning shot. Like, just those three moments give you an idea of just how talented he is. I don't know what he's going to be like in the pros. He's going to be a top-five pick. But I don't, I don't know what his specialty is going to be. But what you see where he's blocking a dunk, saving the ball, coming back in, making the bounce pass, you know, three-quarters court bounce pass in stride, and then he also hits the game-winning shot. That's... Pretty good display. Yes, McLovin. But are you giving him a little bias because you know he's going to be a top pick, an outstanding pro? Like, the other guys are a little older. So I think, you know, Timmy, I looked at a mock draft, by the way. Timmy's like 45. Kispert's like 8, 9, or 10. Yeah. And Suggs is 1 through 5. Yeah. So, but Timmy, to me, when they, he got in foul trouble, I'm like, oh, no, they're in big trouble. He seems like the best player. He's winning the poll, by the way. 
Yeah, but he shows you he can do a variety of things. Kispert's really talented, and, and he'll play in the NBA. But what you're seeing with Suggs is, you know, th- this versatility. And he's only 19 years of age. You got to factor that in as well. I mean, while well, Joel Ayayi came out of nowhere, had a career high, he was, he's great too. And the uh, point spread tonight for entertainment purposes is Gonzaga by four and a half, I believe which is a little tighter than I thought it was going to be. But we'll talk to Adam Morrison, the former uh, Gonzaga All-American. And uh, he's, he does the color for uh, Gonzaga. In fact, you can hear him. He's the other voice here with the play-by-play. Here is the call, for the game-winning shot with Gonzaga Radio. To the right side of the floor, defended by Kispert now. Drives, leans in, the runner comes up short, choosing the rebounds and puts it in. We're tied at 90. Three seconds left. Here's Suggs the other way. Pull up three for the win. Yes! Yes! Send yes! the championship game. He knocked no! from 40 at the buzzer. Yes! The other voice in there, <laughs> the yes part, that is uh, Adam Morrison. He will join us coming up in uh, about 20 minutes from now. Jim Nance, hello, friends, who will be on the call tonight. And we get ready for Masters Week. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on. But move over, Mario Chalmers, and make some room, Lorenzo Charles and Chris Jenkins. Time to welcome the uh, newest member to the Christian Leitner Club, Jalen Suggs, NCAA tournament legend on Saturday night with the last second shot. And it was made even more special by just how great this game was. The Zags and Bruins went back and forth. You know, you got a game in the 90s. That was awesome. But, uh, you know, when you start to look at these games and you give credit to UCLA, like we're not going to give, you know, put blame on Gonzaga for allowing UCLA to stay in this game. Usually it doesn't happen that way. And a lot of times we'll look at the end of a game and say, that's the greatest game I've ever seen. Kentucky Duke is still, that's going to be on the short list of greatest games I've ever seen. Because you had a Kentucky team that had one really good player in Jamal Mashburn and a bunch of other guys. And they were going toe-to-toe with Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, and Christian Leitner. And if Leitner doesn't hit the turnaround jumper, then they're out of the tournament. That's the Elite Eight. Now, not as much on the line. It's not a Final Four. You know, Michael Jordan hit a shot against Georgetown. They were down. Keith Smart hit the shot for Indiana to beat Syracuse. They were down. You know, Chris Jenkins, that was a tie game. You know, so if, if he misses or even Suggs misses, they still go into another overtime there. It's when it's winner go home and you hit those shots. Leitner had one against Connecticut in the tournament. That was a double pump uh, and uh, that was winner go home. Those are even bigger moments. But what you saw with Suggs, it's a miracle shot. But if they don't win the national title, We'll look back on it, and as we did with Julio Jones, unbelievable catch to put the Falcons into field goal range that would have won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But nobody remembers the catch. Uh, Curse with Seattle. He had an unbelievable catch that was going to set up the touchdown to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You know, David Tyree catches the ball with his helmet, and... If they don't score a touchdown there, then we it's a footnote. You go, oh, that's right. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But Plexico Burris scores the touchdown, and then we remember that play. Win the national title tonight. And uh, it should be fun because, you know, Baylor's not afraid. 
Baylor had an unbelievable, their first half against Houston, they had eight three-pointers. Houston had a total of seven field goals. Baylor had seven offensive rebounds. Um, Jared Butler had 17 points for Baylor. Houston had 20 total. It was just, that was impressive. Baylor's bench had 32 points on Saturday night. Now, that's another thing, you know, with depth, if foul trouble, Gonzaga's bench consisted of two guys playing a total of 20 minutes scoring four points. If it comes down to foul trouble, depth, that's a big advantage for Baylor. But Baylor's not afraid, and Gonzaga should win this game. But these are the two best teams in college basketball. Best and worst of the weekend, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dpdanpatrick.com. Twitter handle, at dpshow. Uh, let's go around the room. Fritzy, I'll start with you. Best and worst of the weekend. Best of the weekend, the way Mick Cronin's Bruins are the first four Fort undefeated Gonzaga to the bitter end. 29 points, six boards, two assists from Tarzana, California's own Johnny Juzang. And my worst of the weekend, more than half of the Vancouver Canucks are on the COVID list with the Brazil variant among the positive cases. Juzang can play on my team. I love how aggressive he was. He was great. A lot of fun to watch. McLovin? I'm going to go two best, both baseball. I have to do the Phillies. I uh, actually swept the Braves. The new dead ball era is working out for the Phillies because the Braves hit about 50, uh, 50 uh, warning track shots and mm. didn't go out. Mm. And this is another best because I was in Boston this weekend and the Orioles swept the Red Sox and you would have thought that the uh, Americans lost the Revolutionary War. It was so <laughs> sad, Dan. Because you know how Red Sox fans are very loyal. And to lose three in a row to the Orioles. What oh, did they expect from the Red Sox this year? They're, they're actually, the storyline is they're furious that John Henry, I think is the owner, is more interested in Liverpool soccer than the Red Sox. And they're they're sort of mad at LeBron. I'm not kidding. They're, they're a little bit mad at LeBron bought in. And like, we haven't won since LeBron bought in. Oh, God. Seton O'Connor, best and worst of the weekend. I have two bests. Um, my one best is Jalen Suggs, not the buzzer beater, but the block uh, earlier in that, so I don't know, was it 90 seconds earlier, something like that. He had a couple of monster plays there down yeah. the stretch. Uh, my other best is I finally watched a movie 42, Yeah, uh, which is really good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. it's I don't remember how many years it came out, a few years ago. Um, it's sort of, un, it's pretty uncomfortable to watch, to be honest with you, but damn, is it a good, good story. Yeah. Uh, Paulie, best and worst. Jordan Spieth, golfer, getting off the schneid just yeah. in time for the Masters. He's a guy who kind of like the next great golfer, and it went on pause for a few years. Been good to us on the show, so look for glad he's coming back. And then the national title game last night, Stanford versus Arizona, 54-53. Great game the whole way, great battle. Uh, game-winning shot up in the air at the end, that's all you could ask for. And Stanford had a couple of close ones, you know, <laughs> winning the national championship there. Uh, Brom in North Carolina. Ron, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Second time, long time. Uh, love the show. Thank you. Uh, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, best, obviously, that Gonzaga game. That was just an unreal game, and hope for something like that tonight. And worst is I pulled a McLovin this weekend. I was in my uh, driveway playing hoops with my kids, and I was trying to uh, show off for my little four-year-old girl, and I shot a ball up on the backboard, and it came back and hit me in the face and broke my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Did your daughter laugh at you? Yeah, I said my wife, and that was uh, more ego hurt than anything. But, yeah, so I, unfortunately, y'all aren't selling those McLovin T-shirts anymore because I feel like I earned one, but uh, it was funny. 
You know, maybe we can bring those back, Brom. Thank you. We're not selling the broken glasses T-shirts anymore. I those sold out. So those were the hottest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to wear the Kurt Rambis goggles from now on. <laughs> I was in. I wasn't playing a game. I had just walked into a random closet to talk to a camera for thirty seconds. I didn't expect that to happen. It, it's still. It, it, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I always tell the big German, you know, hey, put the put on McLevin breaking his glasses because you were so <laughs> cocky. You yeah. were going to be playing against the Globetrotters. It's the biggest event of my life. And you're in there and you spin the ball and you, you break your glasses and then you reach for your glasses on your face. They're already on the floor. And then, you know, it's on camera. And you know you have to walk out that door. And I remember going, oh, my God, he broke his glass. McLovin broke his glass. And you came out and you were neutered. Like you were you were crestfallen. It was a very genuine reaction. And the line that people, <laughs> I said, these are Oliver Peoples. They cost $250. <laughs> people sometimes say, yeah, Oliver Peoples, huh? <laughs> oh, I love that. It's just, it's priceless. I mean, I felt bad when you fell over your chair because you could have gotten hurt there. You got over. I noticed you got over. Real I did. Quick, I did. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Well, you felt bad. You were crying, but I, I thought it was laughter. Actually. I, I, it was uh, a moment of concern and then a lot of moments of laughter after that. Luckily, I survived. Yes, you did. And we're all better for it. Uh, Barry in Long Island. Hey, Barry, welcome back. What do you have for me? Fellas, hopefully I will be uh, your Mr. Halloween on your calendar. I sent my picture. Oh, good. In. I, I have uh, two bests and a worst. First best, I'm getting out of the house. I got tickets over the weekend for the Islanders and Flyers, and I can't wait to go to the game. Nice. Uh, second best, I think Paulie will uh, appreciate this one. The ball game on the radio nap is back. I got an hour and a half uh, Red Sox and Orioles on Saturday, although it's still a little bit too cool for the uh, ball game on the radio in the hammock nap. And uh, the worst of the weekend, uh, Mets and Nats postponed all weekend because of COVID. Uh, suck it, Teddy Roosevelt, giant head mascot. All right. Uh, thank you, Bear. Yes, Paulie. A lot of stuff there. Yeah. I know. Unpacked a lot. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on this Aaron Rodgers story because I, 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 it's sort of there. There's something there, but I don't know what's there. And it was a couple of weeks ago when I had a source saying that they would be shocked if Aaron Rodgers was with the Packers after this this at the end of this season. And I said, why? I said, well, have they given him given him what he wanted? You know, they did bring back a couple of the players that he wanted, but it just feels like there's something there. And then you see the headline. I don't know that a lot of that is in my hands as far as, you know, as far as talking about his future. Now, he's going to be hosting Jeopardy. And I saw Mike Florio in Pro Football Talk had a column and said, well, what if Aaron Rodgers decided to just take the Jeopardy job and quit playing football? Well, you can do both. You shoot Jeopardy, it's 50 days. That can be your offseason. I mean, you, you could do that April and May if you wanted to. So if he wanted to do both, he can do both. It's not where you have to show your schedule. You make your schedule. Alex would come in and he would work 50 days out of the year. Now there might be other days for, you know, doing media, those kind of things when you first start out, but it's 50 days. Aaron Rodgers could still play football and host 
jeopardy if he wanted to. But when he says that, you know, he's just not quite sure what his future is here, entering the potential final season with the team, and he has an out before the start of the 2022 season. He said that uh, to ESPN, so far, it's definitely been my team. I said last year, I don't know that it was actually possible to be able to finish here. I still feel that's kind of where we're at. I don't know that a lot of that is in my hands. I guess we'll kind of just see it as we go. But, I mean, they paid his roster bonus last month. They didn't restructure his deal to give the Packers more cap space. And then you have the Packers CEO, Mark Murphy, hasn't said anything about Aaron Rodgers' contract talks. When he was talking to reporters last week, said, I'm not going to get into any individual player or any issues along those lines. So he was asked about the tension between the two. So I don't know. I mean, he's the MVP at some point. You know, the only way to rectify this is to trade Jordan Love. Because if Jordan Love is still there, tension's still going to be there. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, like he doesn't strike me as the guy you want to call his bluff. He just doesn't. Because it feels like he'd say, oh, you want to call my bluff? Okay. Then uh, I'll go someplace else. Yeah, McLevin. Wouldn't the, uh, the Patriots and Jimmy Garoppolo trading him be a similar situation? I know he was a second-round pick. Because Brady was like, get him at kind of his yeah, camp. Yeah, but be- we don't know about Jordan Love. Garoppolo got into a couple of games. Yeah. And he won two games, and then he got hurt. And that was enough of a sample size because we'd been hearing about Garoppolo in practice and he was a better practice player than Brady and you know, veterans were gushing about him and it was Belichick and Belichick's pupil and like it, all of these things there. There's just something weird happening. It just, it, I don't know what it is, but it feels like it's going to be there as long as Jordan Love is there. Because Rodgers knows that feeling because he was Jordan Love you know, to Brett Favre. We didn't know how good he was. And I think we quick, you know, the Packers then found out how good he was. It, you can see in practice where you go, this guy's a real deal. And, and, and therefore, it, it makes some players vulnerable because you see what the future is. The question is, is the future now? But at what point do you take advantage of Jordan Love's contract as a first-round pick? Because if you don't start to play him, after this next season, then why did you draft him? Because then what happens when Rodgers retires and now you got a franchise tag Jordan Love or you got to give him a contract extension? Like you're going to be paying him a lot of money and done anything. That's why, like, there's something going on here. And as Fritzy likes to point out, uh, Rodgers' future in Green Bay is in jeopardy. Well done, Tom. Thank you. All right, well done. Yes, Paul. But people don't like to admit mistakes, and the general manager that drafted Jordan Love had a plan in his mind. Yeah. And by cutting him, or obviously not cutting him, but trading him for a third-round draft pick or fourth-round draft pick means we did waste that first-round pick, and there's you don't have the upside of the maybe, that he may be the next guy when they move on. It's like with Russell Wilson. I said when we were going through all of this that I didn't think he would be there after next season. Just, I think Seattle will move on from him. And I thought that they would restructure Russell Wilson's deal to help them, under the salary cap, bring in more free agents. And now we're going to find out what they're going to do in the draft. They brought back Tyler Lockett. Uh, Carson they brought back. 
uh, Dunlap they brought back. I don't know if they've done enough, but you haven't heard one thing from Seattle. Not one. It's not where Pete Carroll's shouted, of course we're not trading Russell Wilson. Wouldn't that be what you would normally say? Now, you may say, well, we're not going to give in to rumors. These aren't rumors. The stuff that I reported, that's not a rumor. That's fact. And Seattle was not happy at all when Russ came on this show and said what he said. Seattle was not happy with me when I told you what the Bears offered for Russ. And I was told, keep an eye on free agency, and then what happens in the draft. Okay. But it feels like there's something there as well. It feels like these GMs are looking at what is the future. And the future is getting a quarterback on a rookie deal. That's what they're all looking for. You know, Carolina is desperate to get themselves a quarterback in the draft. Would they take Sam Darnold? I guess. But you're going to have to pay Sam Darnold. If, if they get a quarterback, uh, you know, you're going to be able to – it just helps you. It gives you breathing room. I still keep hearing Trey Lance is not off the board with the Niners. And that's it sounds crazy because I had uh, three sources say last week that it's going to be Mac Jones. But I had my source said, you know, that there's something going on in the war room with the Niners and Trey Lance is still he's he's in the conversation there. And I think you're finding out more about Justin Fields. I I keep seeing and maybe one of these GMs going to listen. Stop overthinking Justin Fields because they are. And, you know, I know that Dan Orlovsky said, well, you know, I heard from a source that he didn't put in the time and all of these things. This is the guy who single-handedly led the charge for the Big Ten to come back and play football. Single-handedly, he was doing this. And when he got hit in that Clemson, like, I can't, I, I can't argue about his toughness or dedication. Now, does he have all the skills? It seems like that. Doesn't always work that way. But, you know, Justin Fields, to me, still feels like he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, McLevin. So the way you're describing it, we could go one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks or something very close to that. And I really think because of the contract stuff, that's going to happen. Well, the Bengals, though, are at five, unless they trade out. Right. Maybe six, seven, maybe by eight, but five out of the first And the Dolphins are at six, so they're not. You know, Carolina just, if you said to Carolina, hey, you got Justin Fields, they'd probably go, thank you. But Denver would jump them. I so get, they would have to trade up. Somebody's moving up again. I told you it was one team, and it turned out to be the Niners. Somebody else is moving up as well. I don't know how far up you're going, but you're somebody's trying to move up. All right, let me take a break. Running late here. Adam Morrison is going to join us, the uh, former Gonzaga star, now uh, working the uh, games on radio for the Zags. Take a break. 22 after the hour, more phone calls as well. Jim Nance in an hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Built Bar. Had a Built Bar this morning. Yeah, there was actually one for me to have. Todd, you left one. I did leave one. Thank you very much. I'm generous like that. Yeah. Built Bar is something great to have. You know, you don't want to have something bad for you when you're, you know, in between meals or you want to wait. Maybe you want to work out. Maybe you're done with the workout. Built Bar, protein bar, and it tastes great. Built Bar, 100% real chocolate. High protein, low carb, low sugar, gluten free. It checks all the boxes there. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code DP10 at checkout. Get 10% off your order. And cookies and cream, that's what I had this morning. That's uh, one of the favorites around here. 
salted caramels, another one in there. But uh, they are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Do your body and your taste buds a favor. And as uh, Todd has said to me before, hey, Dan, your body is a wonderland. It really is. Yeah. And then, of course, he starts singing. Fabulous wonderland. I'm still getting catfished by Jennifer Love Hewitt, by the way. Check them out at BuiltBar.com, promo code DP10. BuiltBar.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, 
it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Whether vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz fans are built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking that all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. This is how the ending of the uh, UCLA-Gonzaga game sounded on uh, Gonzaga's radio affiliate. Uh, the color analyst is uh, Adam Morrison. You'll hear him say a few words, and then he'll join us. Here's the call. To the right side of the floor, defended by Kispert now. Drives, leans in, the runner comes up short. Juzang, though, rebounds and puts it in. We're tied at 90. Three seconds left. Here's Suggs the other way. Pull up three for the win. Yes! Yes! Sanders of the championship game! He knocked from 40 at the buzzer! Yes! Let's bring in Adam uh, Morrison, the Gonzaga radio color analyst and uh, one of the great college basketball players in recent memory. How do you think you sound on uh, the call there, Adam? Uh, I, I think I did okay. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm just glad I let my uh, partner, Tom Hudson, get through that, and he battled through me screaming over the top of him. But uh, obviously that shot was amazing, so it was pure joy. Were you jumping up and down? I was, yeah. And, you know, because I was preparing for, you know, second overtime and, you know, that's when the, the analyst comes in. So I'm like, well, maybe we should call timeout. I get, you know, I'm starting to formulate like a cohesive thought in my head and then he obviously makes it. So I was, uh, yeah, I was obviously pretty excited. It was cool. Cool moment. I like the strategy that Mark had a timeout, didn't call the timeout because his team has practiced this, that just get it in quick. Don't let the defense set. And then, you know, Suggs got a great look. Yeah, no, you can see McCronin, too, after they make that. He's calling for a double team because, you know, you obviously want, you know, the, the guard in that situation to have to zigzag and take some time off to make the shot further and more difficult. And, you know, I don't think the UCLA, UCLA players uh, played it bad. It's just you're automatically just running back and – um, so I think you're exactly right. I think Fuey did a good job of just letting that play kind of develop. And obviously Jalen made a heck of a play. We practiced uh, half quarters at Gonzaga and the shoot around the day before the game. So I guess it kind of pays off. That's why you do it. Give it a chance. What's that feeling like? Game on the line, ball in your hands? Uh, it's pretty cool. I've, I was lucky enough to make a couple game winners. Not not as big as that. I missed a couple too. Um it's cool. It's a it's a cool feeling to have uh, the trust in your teammates, um, you know. And, and if you're lucky enough to hit some, that you know the reaction afterwards is pretty special. I hit a couple at home, um, but I also missed one in the tournament my sophomore year. So that's a it's it's a double edged sword, obviously. So um, you know it could be good and bad. But uh, you know if you're put in that position and you're lucky enough to make one, it's pretty special. Because you guys lost to UCLA in the Sweet 16 back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we lost, and that was the, you know, the infamous uh, me crying on the floor game. So, yeah, I've been in that situation. It wasn't a game, you know, a game-ending shot we missed, but uh, you know, gut wrenching is uh, an understatement for that game. So, yeah, I mean, I've been in both spots, and luckily for uh, Jalen and our fan base, you know, and um, he kind of 
I guess, kind of put that stuff to bed for us. And you know, it was a pretty cool moment for everybody that I was lucky enough to attend and obviously the people watching. Well, we forget that you're kids. So when, you know, people would see you crying and then, it, you know, it wasn't a meme back then because we didn't have them. But it, it's almost yeah. like, you know, this screen grab of you crying and, mm-hmm. and, you know, people forget like you're a college kid. Like, did yeah. it affect you, though, that when you saw, you know, how people reacted to that or how you looked after you missed the shot? Yeah, no, I think I, it, it did at, at first, you know, you know, and you're exactly right. It was, it was 21, 22 at the time. And, um, you know, it obviously followed me into my NBA career. I mean, it it's uh difficult to you know describe like what it's like to have people talk and talk about you like that and it's like hey this is you know if you watch all NCA games this is a pretty normal reaction to losing um and especially the way we lost um but i think that year you know i was first team all american led the nation in scoring so i think it was a little bit more magnified just because of the type of season i was having and the coverage that we got um so yeah, that was tough, um, but you know, like I said, um, you know, Jalen kind of put that stuff to rest, I guess. But um, you know, I I let that game go probably ten years ago. If you asked me the same thing five years or five years after the Sweet Sixteen game, I probably would have declined the interview. You know what I'm saying? Really? So, yeah. Well, it, it just it gets it gets kind of old, you know, sometimes just to you know pick a scab, I guess. But uh, it's also like, you know, there was other guys on my team, too, that felt the same way I did. And, um, you know, so you just got to move on, I guess. But that was 15 years ago. So it's like, hey, you know, we did beat them in 2015 going to the Elite Eight. That year I was a grad assistant on GU staff. And obviously we beat them. Um you know, the other night. So I think we can kind of <laughs> maybe move on from it as program to program. But I, I understand what, you know, the connection with it. Well, I think there's a, a mystery to you. Like there was a fascination, but also a mystery there. And then <laughs> I didn't know that you, you know, were doing the color commentating on uh, yeah. on the games. Like, you know, that brings you back in. Uh, like it, it almost feels like you're you're part of the team. Uh, again, I, I don't know if you feel that way. Like, do you feel like you won in that uh, game <laughs> against UCLA? Uh, no, I mean, it, in a sense, it felt good, obviously, but I think it 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 was better for our fan base because there's a lot of fans that um, you know have always supported me, and, and that year was kind of the first year of um, us being like a national story or, or the, the the program getting elevated to a different level and so i think that's always kind of irked our fan base to kind of be the butt end of the jokes aimed at me but towards them so uh, you know the the support i got just from random people and stuff online it's like you know that one's it was great for adam to have that call and then kind of the monkey off his back in that regards for that ucla game was good uh, was cool but you know the best part for me was like, you know, obviously being able to experience that and watch this team continue with an undefeated season, you know, because it's obviously something special. But, you know, I got to run into old teammate of mine, Ryan Hollins, before the game, <laughs> which was cool because he played in that game yeah. and then we were drafted together in Charlotte. And he knows what it means to me and vice versa for him and his college career and his basketball career, what that game mean, uh, meant. So it was cool to run into him and 
you know, just, you know, say what up and then just kind of be like, hey, man, it's kind of weird that these teams are playing again and blah, blah, blah and stuff. So I think it's more was more for the fan base, which was obviously good. He's Adam Morrison. He's uh, doing the uh, color commentating for the Zags, the former Gonzaga forward. Um, you got two NBA rings. Where are those rings? Uh, they're at home in a safe. You ever yeah. bring them out? Uh, I've shown them to my kids and that's about it. Yeah. I kind of just leave them in there and keep them in a safe place. But yeah, the kids get to see them. That's about it. What's your favorite memory of Kobe Bryant? Oh man, there's a bunch. Uh, you know, just how he, just how tough he really was. Um, you know, and everybody knows the Mamba stuff, but I mean, I've seen the guy break his finger, roll his ankles, um, and just live on the training room and then go out and compete. Um, he was always so nice to me, too. And, and so, yeah, he just was such a tough dude. And when you were around it and saw his work ethic and his drive to be better every single day, and I know everybody's talked about it, but when you lived it and seen it, it was fascinating i mean he was a truly a savant he was a smart man he was always trying to improve his craft and you know the ultra competitor like cut his arm off just to win a basketball game so i was just always so impressed and you know looking back now obviously when he passed to to be lucky enough to be around him you know and be on some special teams where he was uh you know the leader of those teams uh what was your welcome to the nba moment Uh, there's a bunch. Let's see. Um, I think I was playing Portland my rookie year, and I was obviously from the Northwest, so that and you know I was playing in Charlotte, so we only got to go there once. And I think I drove and shot like a weak floater against Lamarcus Aldridge, and he put it in like the 18th <laughs> row. And their fans really liked it because there was a lot, a lot of fans cheering for me as well, just being from the Northwest the year before, but. <laughs> You know, there was a bunch because I was obviously, like I said, I was in Charlotte and, you know, it uh, was a newer organization then. And, you know, I had older teammates that would, you know, would be like, hey, this is a little bit different than the NBA. And I didn't really understand what they meant. And then I get traded to L.A. and I'm like, oh, OK, I understand what you meant. So that, that part was kind of funny. Uh, you know, but I hope you never feel like you have to apologize for anything, Adam. You know that. Oh, I I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I like that. And you know, I when I talk about the UCLA game, and I really do mean it. Like I put that stuff to bed about ten years ago. You know what I mean? It's like okay, life goes on. It's not. It's one game. It's not the story of your whole basketball career. But it was funny when Michigan was playing UCLA. We're doing our post game, and I looked at my partner Tom Hudson. I'm like, I sure hope Michigan wins, just so I don't have to redo this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just the honest truth. And the UCLA starts making a run. Drew Zang starts hitting threes. And I'm like, oh god, here it comes. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I appreciate that, but yeah, I, I understand that. So, but uh, coming from you, I appreciate that. Uh, what do you think happens tonight? Uh, I think it's going to be obviously a very good game. I think the the key matchup for me is Mitchell and Suggs. If we can keep Mitchell out of the paint, I think he kind of keeps everything going for uh, Baylor. He had those 11 assists against Houston. So I think Suggs and Mitchell is going to be an interesting matchup. If we can get out in transition, um, we'll be fine. We lead the country in 
uh, transition baskets, 34% of our shots, total shots, come in transition. So if we can get out in transition and gang rebound, I think we got a better chance. But this Baylor team should be undefeated as well. So, I mean, this team is, without the COVID pauses, is fantastic. They guard. They can score it at 82 points a game. Um, they get good perimeter play. So I think it's going to be a tough one. I really think it's, to me, it seems like a pick em in my opinion. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And, then, um, you know, hopefully it's a good one. We had Wally Zerbiak on last hour. And Wally said that Timmy is the smartest player in college basketball. And that he's unstoppable in the paint. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Baylor does a double team package against him. And I've always kind of scratched my head this year when people try to go single coverage against him. I mean, even against the Mobley brothers who are going to probably be pros yeah. uh, at the USC game, he was single coverage and he handled them pretty well. I think he had 24, 25. So I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor shows us a double team package, but I know, you know, opposing coaches always get worried for, you know, like a, you know, cause he's a good passer and we cut from the weak side and then a skip pass for a wide open three, but um, he's been playing fantastic. So I, that's one of the keys to the game for me is, you know, what the coverage is when he gets the ball in the post. Well, you know, conserve your energy, save your voice. And, <laughs> yes, and, I have been. <laughs> and, and I got to say one thing, Dan, this is, this is honest to truth. So, you know, I grew up watching you on the mothership, right? So when I, my, uh, in 06, my last year at Gonzaga, I had a really good game against uh, University of Washington. You did the highlight and you gave me an Enfuego. So like <laughs> you inviting me on the show and getting to talk is, is pretty special. So uh, I appreciate it. But yeah, I got an Enfuego from Dan Patrick. I'm like, boom, career's done. We're yeah, good. But I meant what I said, Adam. I, you know, it, it, that. you don't have to apologize and it, and it feels like, and, you know, and I hope it's not there in your voice any longer. You, you were a great player, and, you know, just because your pro career didn't match what people thought, you don't have to apologize for anything. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Have Thanks. fun tonight, Adam. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That's Adam Morrison. We'll uh, take a break. Phone calls coming up after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the 3 and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks, coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is. Year-round, listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Give a shout out to our Spokane, Washington affiliate, KGA AM, also 103.5 FM. Operations Director is Kent Jones. All right, shout out Kent. Yeah. Oh, love that guy. Good morning, Kent. Uh, Dan Orlovsky just sent out a tweet. Listen, Jets, if you're going to take Zach Wilson, take him and move Sam Darnold. Start new, but don't try and date both at the same time. Well, I think they're trying to create leverage. I, I don't know, giving you the impression that they may keep him, and if you really want him, if you're Pittsburgh or you're Denver or Carolina, if those three teams are interested, he's still, you're going to get him for a third-round pick. I don't, I don't think this ups the ante at all, but you know maybe the Jets feel like if we give the impression, it's like Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners gave you a starting point. We want a first-round draft pick for Jimmy G. Okay. It doesn't mean you're getting a first-round draft pick. It doesn't mean that they 
wouldn't settle for a second-round draft pick. But, yeah, you remember Sam Darnold was going to be a late first-round pick? Remember when that started? And then all of a sudden it was, well, I mean, they would take a second-round pick. Now it's, they would take a second-round pick, but it's probably a third-round pick. That's, that's just the reality of it. And, and teams, if, uh, do I think the Jets are going to keep Sam Darnold if they take Zach Wilson? I don't. But are the Niners going to keep Jimmy G if they take Mac Jones? If they take Trey Lance, then it feels like they're going to take, you know, they'll keep Jimmy G. But if I'm the Patriots, I just wait this out. And if you really want Jimmy G, wait it out. Yes, McLovin. I think content-wise, if, say, for some reason they couldn't trade Sam Darnold, like it just fell through, if Sam Darnold was there and had a good season, I would love to see what the Jets would have to do. Like, they'd be in a tough spot because they'd have to either pay Sam Darnold and, you know, say they were really good, which is possible. They have better players around. They signed a bunch of free agents. Yeah, I don't want a quarterback to accidentally be good if my plan is not to keep that quarterback. It was like Drew Brees and um, Phillip Rivers. Like they draft Breeze took off after they drafted Rivers that he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. I remember years ago, I can't remember maybe like two thousand three or four when Carson Palmer was the number one pick for USC for the Bengals and they sat him his first year and John Kitna had his career year. Yeah. And they, they still got rid of Kitna. Yeah, they did. They went eight and eight, and I think he might have been a top five MVP pick. You're right. They went eight and eight, two thousand three with John Kitna. He threw twenty six <laughs> touchdowns and fifteen picks. And they said, see ya, yeah. and put in Carson Palmer. Yeah. I think he rode the bench the next couple of years. Yeah, I think he did too. <laughs> but, yeah, they don't, they don't wait long to move on from you. Because the, the next player that comes in is going to be better, or at least, you know, that's what your mindset is. Yes, McLean. But if the Jets were like 7-2, and two, they haven't been 7-2 and two in centuries and feel like they'd have to commit to Darnold. But I know they wouldn't. But No, no. I, I would rather not have that temptation where you go, I don't know, you know, because you took Zach Wilson. You take Zach Wilson, then you're saying goodbye to Sam Darnold. Don't miss WWE's biggest event of the year, WrestleMania. Watch your favorite superstars compete, their most important matches, grandest stage of them all. Sign up, PeacockTV.com. Stream all the action live, airing April 10th and 11th only on Peacock. Yes, Paulie? Here's another good one. 2004, uh, the New York Giants have their starting quarterback is 33-year-old Kurt Warner, who had washed out because of injuries in yep. St. Louis. He was 5-4, and four, six touchdowns, four picks. Not great stats at all. But they were 5-4, and four, and they still benched him for Eli Manning because that yeah. was the future. Yeah. And we wondered if Kurt Warner's career was over. I think Kurt wondered. And then he ended up going to Arizona, took him to a Super Bowl, and because of that, you know, became a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, Paulie? <laughs> Kurt Warner's stats. In 2001, he's league MVP, 36 touchdown passes. or First-team All-Pro. Then the next five years, three touchdowns, one touchdown, six, 11, six. Mm. He stunk. And then 27 touchdowns, 30, 26, Super Bowl appearance, and he retires. That's one of the crazy careers. You know, when you think about a Hall of Fame career, that's one of the crazier careers. Because that, the middle section, you know, it's like a donut. There was nothing there. But he had, he bookended it with, you know, some incredible seasons there. And it was a great story as well. Paulie has uh, player comps, or does McLovin have a player comp? Is this for okay. tonight's uh, yeah, championship? Yeah, Gonzaga star Corey Kispert. He's a 6'8 uh, shooter, great shooting percentage. Okay. He's like usually 8, 9, and 10 in most mock drafts. 
Uh, he happens to be white. Can you guess the player comp? Uh, I looked up a, a reputable site, NBA Draft Room, their player comp for Corey Kispert on Gonzaga. Now, he's a good leaper. He is. I mean, at that dunk in the, fi- in the, yeah. the Final Four game, he is a good leaper. But that uh, might not help you get the player comp. Yeah, because, see, that's where I thought it might be like Tom Chambers, who played with Seattle. A little taller, though. Sons. I think, Kis- think Kispert's a level down on height. That yeah, way. yeah, yeah, Paul. If you mix in a leaping ability, you could go deep cut and do Joe Alexander from West Virginia. Mm. That's a deep one, though. You, have, you I, have one first name, right? Remember, I called him Vanilla Sky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I gave him that nickname. He was Vanilla Sky because he white guy who could jump. <laughs> Joe Harris and a guest on today's show, Jim Nance. No, you won't even be able to guess which guest it was, by the way. It could have been either of the guests. I'm going to go Adam Morrison. Nope. Uh, Wally Zerbiak? Yeah, Wally Zerbiak and Joe Harris, and he could have gotten Adam Morrison and Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Jim Nance going to join us coming up next hour. More phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Seton, Paulie, Fritzy, McLovin, yours truly, Dan Patrick Show. One more item, close out the second hour. Good news for diehard baseball fans. You're going to be allowed to go back and attend games this season and maybe sit in pods with your group. Sporting arenas aren't the only places that are slowly returning back to normal. Businesses everywhere making that gradual shift towards normalcy, whatever that is. And that means more hiring. And that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. Millions of businesses are fans of ZipRecruiter, and there's a lot of reasons why. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. You post a job on ZipRecruiter, then it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites in just one click. And how about this for stat of the day? Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Right now, try ZipRecruiter for free, ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. See why companies go wild for ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. And remember, ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.